This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com offers seeds from all of the industry's leading breeders, including Swamp Boys Genetics, TH Seeds, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as incredible monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 685 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about starting your own seed business. Before we get to that part of the podcast, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to the hardest working man in cannabis, my friend James Brown. Let's send a big fist bump to Danny Potts. Let's send a fist bump and a thank you shout out to Alabama Man. I want to send a big fist bump and a thank you shout out to my buddy Maverick. Let's send a thank you shout out to a new supporter, our friend Terp Uper. Let's send a thank you shout out to the Larf Knight Rises. Let's send a big fist bump to a fellow podcaster, Caribou Heart TV. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Crazy Hand Grows. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen and you know there is a link in the show notes and the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends. All right, I don't want to waste too much time. Let's jump right into this email. I got a great email from a person on Patreon. Let's see if they want their name said. Yes, they do want to be called Danny Potts. So big shout out to Danny Potts. Let's jump right into their message. It goes like this. It says, Rasta Jeff, you bad motherfucker. I like it when it starts like that. It says, I love the show. The Grow From Your Heart podcast and the Dude Grow Show keep me learning and entertained on my two-hour drive to and from work. Dude, that is a long drive. Are you driving two hours each direction? Big respect. That's some dedication. That's a lot of hours in the car. It does go on. It says, I'm a new grower on my second season. I just ordered my first batch of Irie Genetics. Congratulations, brother. Welcome to the club. Uh, if you have any questions about those genetics when you're growing them, I do expect more emails. I will answer all of those questions. It does say, I wanted to get some Arise to search for a mother plant and a father plant to breed with. However, Arise was unavailable, so I picked up Morning Dew. That is a great uh, cross to pick up. Unfortunately, the Arise sells well. I guess fortunately for me, unfortunately for you, the Arise sells out quite quickly. That strain has been very well advertised. It has gotten very popular. Uh, That one is all over the internet, so uh, it does sell out quite quickly. I cannot make enough of that. Uh, I've made F2s. I'm working on the F3s, which I will release eventually, but I cannot keep the Arise in stock. So uh, I'm glad you understand that. I'm glad you went with the Morning Dew. That is a great backup plan, a good decision. It goes on to say, I'll be doing a pheno hunt and the winner will be breeding with Jinx Proof's nine pound hammer. That's going to be an amazing cross. 
Um, I am already running strain idea name, strain name ideas through my head. The first thing that happened was like, morning dew, nine pound hammer, let's start naming this shit. For some reason, that's the first thing my brain wants to go to. It's gonna be an amazing cross. Uh, Jinx Proof is a great breeder, great dude. Um, definitely, I have some, uh, I stand behind my morning dew. So that's gonna be an amazing cross. I hope that goes well for you. I cannot wait to get a few of those seeds to grow out and see what you did, wink, wink. Anyway, let's keep going with the message it says. Thank you for everything you do and for the knowledge you drop on us, bro. Thank you. You are very welcome. I feel like uh, I would explode if I didn't share this knowledge. I feel like I was given this gift of like gift of gab and the ability to just retain and uh, regurgitate information. And I feel like this is my duty and my job. Uh, this is like my service. It's what I was put here to do. If I didn't do it, something would go wrong, like cosmically, karmically. I may just spontaneously combust or something. So this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Um, it says, my goal is to practice breeding to develop a medicine that works for my wife's chronic pain and nausea, which is a result from an infection uh, of um, a flesh-eating bacteria. He did put the, uh, the damn Greek words for the flesh-eating bacteria here, but I'm not even going to try to stumble through those words. Uh, it goes on to say, oh, also, uh, big respect for stepping up to try to create medicine for your wife. That is true love right there, creating medicine for one person that you love dearly to treat them because you're watching them suffer. You want the quality of both of your lives to be better. Big respect for taking initiative uh, and for having that passion. That That is often what inspires a breeder. Something like this is what inspires a cannabis grower, a breeder, an advocate, an activist. Uh, this is what gets people on our team. So uh, thank you. Big respect. It says... Uh, third, and I hope your wife is okay also. And if I can do anything, let me know. Um, it says 13 surgeries later, she lives a somewhat normal life, but the pain and nausea keep her relying on opiates and other scary pharmaceuticals, man, that is 13 surgeries. I couldn't imagine that surgeries make me, uh, just small stuff. Like I had a tooth pulled and I had a fucking panic attack all day for that. So surgeries and things are not up my alley. Uh, she, your wife is a soldier, bro. Big respect to her. She is definitely in the Irie army. And something weird, uh, if I take pills, I get nauseous. I don't like like uh, even uh, ibuprofen or Vicodin or something like that. I can't take pills. They make me want to throw up. So it's amazing how our bodies are so different that your wife is using these things to combat the nausea, and those things make me throw up immediately. It's amazing how our bodies work. Um, there is a point to this. It says, I would like to find a strain that helps reduce the amount of pharmaceuticals needed daily. Yes, uh, that's such a beautiful thing. I had the honor and the privilege of uh, being a major part in the first dispensary here in Pueblo, Colorado. I was uh, one of the first, I was like the first bud tender to have a reputation to be, I'm not, I'm just saying I was one of the first bud tenders to develop a bud tender client, bud tender patient relationship with my clientele here in this area. I was very blessed to be in an area that we had medical marijuana. We established a dispensary. I got to meet sick people. I got to see what it was like when somebody would come in. Some of my favorites are the little old ladies that were brand new to cannabis. The younger kids, they're experimenting. They're going to smoke weed and see what they like, and they're hip, and they're, they talk fast and learn quick. But the little old ladies that would come in, and they're like, you know, since I tried smoking, sometimes I enjoy this, and it's helping with some of this. I would ask them, what are you smoking for? Where is your, like, what is your ailment? Is it your back? Is it your neck? Is it your back and your neck? Is it your knees? Is it your stomach? And I would give them samples of products to take home and smoke those products and come back and tell me the results they had with smoking that product. And they'd be like, when I smoked the chocolate chunk, I slept really good. And the Maui Wowie made my head spin too much. And the sour diesel is too damn stinky. Like those are the kind of reports we'd get from them. 
but developing that relationship and learning what would help these people, it was the most rewarding experience. That is, uh, that drove me deeper and deeper into growing, into wanting to dial in my medicine, into finding specific strains for people. One of the things I really noticed was happening when I was working with these older people is that they would tell me they were able to eliminate some of the medicines they were taking. If they were taking three medicines for pain and two to help them sleep, the right cannabis would solve all five of those pills problems. Then they don't have to take the pill that's making them constipated because of these three pills. And then they don't have to take the pill that's messing up their vision because of this one pill. Then they don't have to take their liver pill because all these other things are fucking up their liver and their kidneys. Like they would just stop taking so many pharmaceuticals. And it was amazing to see cannabis able to fill that role, just fix their bodies in such a magical way. Anyway, I'm rambling, but yes, it is a beautiful goal to try to minimize the amount of pharmaceuticals that anybody is putting in their body. So great goal, great passion. Let me stay on focus here. I am quite stoned and quite rambly. Uh, big shout out to the friends that uh, allegedly possibly traded me seeds for concentrates. Good job, bro. I know you don't want to talk about on the show, but you just got a shout out kind of on the down low. It goes on in this message. It says, I also enjoy growing and breeding so much that I would like to pursue the idea of opening my own seed company. That is quite the endeavor. Uh, that'll be quite the task. I hope you are in it, but we'll talk about that more in just a moment. It says, uh, keeping good genetics around and helping others that need this medicine is where my head is, except I have no idea how to continue breeding wise. Then it says, I'm learning and I will get better. And the business side and marketing scare me. How might one go about setting up a seed company legally in a medical state? All right, here's where the main part of the question comes in. How might one go about setting up a seed company in a legal state that may have recreational past in the near future? Sorry for the long message. Keep up the great work from Danny Potts. So our friend wants to start a seed company in a medical state that possibly will go recreational in the very near future. Um, our friend straight up said that they are intimidated or afraid of the marketing and business side. That is not their forte. Honestly, that was not my specialty either when I started a seed company. So that is something I had to learn. So my advice, if you're really going to do it, uh, maybe take a small business school, maybe get some business advisors, uh, do that stuff early because I made, uh, so many mistakes as a small business, as a person starting a business, but uh, I did not know I was starting a seed company when I started this. Um, I know you asked how this started and for some advice. The best way I could do that is kind of start off by telling you how I fell into this. Let me just kind of segue into how I fell into owning a seed company. Then we'll talk about developing your seed company and some of the things that came with me starting mine. That's just the best way to make this episode happen. So one, two, three, here we go. I started making seeds because I was dissatisfied with what I was purchasing online. I was paying a lot of money for seeds. Uh, they would come and half of them would be crushed because the packaging was terrible. Sometimes customs would fucking take my seeds. They wouldn't even make it to my to my door. Um, a lot of times I'd grow them and they would be intersex or they wouldn't even be what they were labeled. I would order these seeds that said they were gonna smell like gasoline and be covered in trichomes and they would smell like fucking roses and have no trichomes. And I was like, that's not really cool of you. So I started breeding. I found a few things that I did like, things that did kind of have some quality to it. And then I just, I wanted to make more seeds and see what I could do. And I started breeding for myself. I made seeds. I found seeds that I liked. I found plants that I liked. I bred them together. I just kept playing around. I was just kind of making seeds for myself. Then I made a lot of seeds. Then uh, I started posting pictures to social media. A friend introduced me to Instagram. They're like, bro, you should put some of the pictures of that killer weed on Instagram. You'd get a good following. 
And I was like, yeah, I'm not really into that sort of shit. And they're like, you're missing out if you don't do it. So I thought I better post some pictures. Started posting pictures of my plants and my dried buds and flowers to social media. And people started saying, bro, your plants are amazing. Where can we get seeds? And I was like, I don't really sell seeds. I don't really sell seeds. And people were like, well, you need to sell us seeds. I didn't make that many seeds. I was just making enough for me to play with. I would give them and uh, allegedly possibly, um, well, let's just say I'd give them to my friends all over the nation and all over the places. People would have my seeds and they were growing them and they were having great results. And so they were asking for more seeds. And so I made uh, the seeds that I had made for myself. I just went back and made larger batches and started giving them out to my friends. Then I put them in a bunch of bags and I labeled them with my email address and just what the cross was and a couple of hints of what I thought they would grow like. And I went to the very first High Times Cannabis Cup in Denver, Colorado, the first one they held in Denver. I went there and I passed out probably 500 free packs of seeds just thinking I was going to give them out to people because I had a lot of seeds and nothing to do with them. I was just giving them out. thought it was kind of fun. It was just just a gift to the world. I made a lot of seeds. I got what I need out of it. Um, I have a lot. I'm not going to grow them. Here are some seeds for the people. Shortly thereafter, my inbox started blowing up. My friends that I'd been giving seeds to were posting pictures of their progress. People were impressed by that. So now third party, third layer people, I guess, were seeing the seeds that I had made. And they said, bro, where did you get those? And my friend said, this guy Rasta Jeff. And I wasn't even Rasta Jeff. I was just Jeff on the fucking Jeff. I was just fucking Jeff on the internet growing weed. Uh, so like my friend Rasta Jeff made these seeds. And then fucking um, they, all those people contacted me. Then all those people that I gave seeds to with that cannabis cup, they started growing it. And they started having good results. <clears throat> they started contacting me asking for more seeds. Then the same thing happened with their social media people. They started posting shit. Then uh, social media really made it blow up. I was posting quality photos. My friends were growing quality products, posting quality photos, giving out probably 500. Uh, they were somewhere between five and 10 packs. It was like five and 10, seven packs of seeds, maybe 12 packs of seeds randomly in a package. I'd walk around the cannabis cup and if I saw somebody holding like anything that hinted to me they were going to go home and grow weed, especially if they had clones or grow nutrients or a grow light, I just hand them a package of seeds. Now you've got everything you need. Go home and grow some weed. Uh, passing out all those seeds really did very well for me to establish a name in the industry. So I guess I kind of accidentally started my seed company. I started it out of pure passion. This was, the seeds were made this is why I believe it is successful. A big part of why I believe it is successful. It was an art that I made for myself. It wasn't something I was doing to make money. It wasn't a product I was trying to pay the bills with. It was something that I was frustrated with what I was buying. I wanted to make a quality product for myself that was tailor-made for myself. My favorite thing about growing from seed is I can find the phenotype that uh, if I'm growing in a commercial grow, we'll find the phenotype for the commercial grow. If I'm going to grow in a grow tent, we'll find the phenotype for the grow tent. That's in a, in a seed pack, you can find variation and find what you'd like. So I started breeding with those uh, to find what I loved and started making stuff that I thought was great for me that worked for my grow environment and my situation. Luckily, fortunately, my situation, my environment was also a large part of regular, the cannabis uh, medical marijuana, the regular grower, uh, it was their environment, their situation as well. They had a small home grow. They needed plants that would finish in a certain amount of time that were highly potent. They gave them huge yields that had a variety of flavors available on the menu. That's what they were looking for, just like me. So it just so happened that I was making a product that fit the market very well. There was a need and a demand for my product. So 
I kind of fell into it. It was right time, right place, lots of passion. I feel like if I would have thought, hey, man, I need to pay the rent. What are we going to do? Let's invent a seed company. It would have failed. I would have done it wrong. I did this organically. I just I just did it, and it happened. So um, a lot of my, experience, my, my information here is going to be from experience. Most of my knowledge is from experience. I honestly wish I would have had more business knowledge, but since you're starting from scratch, I can say get yourself a business advisor, accountant, and lawyer from the beginning to get all of your paperwork in line. So that's how I got started. Let me make sure I covered all of my how I got started notes here. Um, I was going to events and giving out lots of seeds. Um, every event that was possible to go to, cannabis cups. We used to have the cannabis cups here. We'd have the secret cup. We had the 710 cup. We would have uh, the secret sesh. We would have, there were so many events. It was when cannabis first got uh, medically legal and then recreationally legal here, we were doing events once a month at least. And I would go pass out seeds and then eventually it came to trading seeds and then eventually it became to vending seeds. Um, I used to be what I would call the backpack backpack warrior. I would fill my backpack up with a bunch of seeds and just go to the events and sling seeds out of my backpack. And then one time I got kicked out of the cannabis cup because they're like, dude, you can't do that. Pay for a booth. And I realized that's absolutely correct. I should be a damn grown up and pay for a booth. Right after that, a very well-known seed uh, vendor invited me to be a part of their booth at an event. I realized that I could really do well at those events. I didn't need... Um, anybody to hold my hand and help me out that I could just get my own booth. And then the next event, I rented my own booth and things went crazy from there. I got uh, all of the things it takes to build a trade show booth. We got the banner in the back. We got the tablecloth, all the stuff to make a booth look professional. And from there, it was basically game on, built a website, did all that shit. But uh, going to all those events and passing shit out and meeting the people and then continuing to go to the events and put my face out in the community and shaking their hands and being there, that helps a lot with the brand. And that's a lot of how it got going. Just being there, uh, being part of the crew, just showing up, smoking with everybody and having seeds and being the guy. That's kind of how it all happened. So I do have a bunch of notes here that we could get into. Uh, I wanted to get the organic part out of the way. So I have a couple of questions. You've got a couple of options. You want to start a seed business. Do you want to start, uh, do you want to sell your seeds in the retail shops only, or do you want to sell them online? I don't think that Doing both is a really good idea and an option. I know there's one company that does sell their seeds in their retail store and you can buy them online. There are a lot of legal uh, loopholes and things around that, but you should probably pick one. Do you want to sell them in your stores or do you want to sell them online? That's the first thing to think about. If you sell them in the store, you have a lot of licensing to go around, a lot of overhead to cover, uh, a lot of legalities to think about. Uh, there is a, a lot of advantages. You've got a storefront. People will just go there and buy your seeds. That is very easy, but they've got to be regulated seeds. There's a lot of rules around that. Um, then also people have to go there to buy your seeds. If you sell your seeds online, they can be sold. People could be buying my seeds right now from vendors while I'm here recording. While I'm editing this show, I may be making a sale. I don't even know about it because the seeds are online. They're being sold all over the place and the vendors are handling that for me. I don't have to touch them anymore. Uh, all that stuff is done. The seeds are being sold that way online. Uh, so you can set up a website or you can set up your own seed uh, brand and then just send the seeds to vendors and let them go that way. How do you want to do it? Do you want the brick and mortar storefront or do you want the online presence? It sounds kind of like you want to do the store, which is going to be a lot more work, a lot of legalities. It kind of sounds like I keep saying this, but now is the time to get some business 
education. Either get yourself a small business degree, uh, learn a little bit about small business, or team up with a small business advisor. Also, you're going to need a lawyer. Anytime you're involved in the cannabis business, anything selling anything, have a lawyer. Have somebody you can call for quick questions, big questions, uh, somebody that can help you out. A lot of shit is going to come up. Make sure that all of your paperwork gets filed legally. If you're going to start an LLC, uh, nonprofit organization, whatever you decide to do, however you decide to do it, uh, whichever works best for you, so your business advisor and whoever helps you fill this stuff out will have all that advice for you. Um, there are things online that can help you. Nobody, uh, I don't know, nobody advertises with me for that, but there are websites that can help you do that. But make sure that you get a lawyer and an accountant and a small business advisor or something like that to help you out so you can start off properly. I said it earlier, I wish that I had had some help when I got started. I didn't do everything correctly. Uh, it took a couple of years to kind of fix some things that I didn't do right at the start. Not a big deal. It's just business shit that had to be resolved. But uh, paperwork and headaches could have been resolved had I done it correctly the first time. So uh, if you've already got a commercial grow or anything, you already know all this stuff. I'm not sure if you've got a dispensary, you know, you want to start. Anyway, uh, make sure you get advice, a lawyer and an accountant. Those things all help you out. And then make sure that they're not friends. Uh, you don't want your lawyer and your accountant to be buddies. Um, and then if the business advisor, you don't want them teaming up against you. Make sure that your money is being watched by everybody. Make sure they're all after each other because when they team up on you, that's when shit can go wrong. So lawyer up, get yourself an accountant, get that business advisor. Then you're going to have to build a reputation. That's one of the hardest parts about creating a seed company. Sure, you made a bunch of seeds. Now what? What are you going to do with them? Why does anybody want those seeds? What comes out of those seeds? Have you built a reputation? You're going to have to give away seeds. People are going to have to grow them. They're going to have to see what comes from them. You're going to have to grow them. That's the first step. Make seeds, grow them. Find something you know is worth putting to market. Then put it to market. Have it tested all over the place. We'll talk about testers in a little bit. Have it tested in so many different environments, situations. Uh, then if you feel like it's ready to go to market, put it out there. But you're going to have to build a reputation. Why does anybody want to buy your seeds? What do you offer? What do you bring to the table that's not already there? Of course, if you've got that storefront, people are coming in to buy product already. Maybe seeds are an upsale. Maybe they just happen to be looking for seeds. Maybe you're the only shop on the block with seeds. That always helps. But what is going to drive people to your brand? How do you build a reputation? How do you build the demand? And then once you've built a reputation and built a demand, how do you continue those people to keep coming back for your seeds? How do you, how do you create sustainability? You've always got to be creating new stuff, which means you've always got to have stuff out testing. As a breeder, the stuff that you see being released now, I've got stuff that will come out this fall. I'm not sure if it'll be uh, late this year, early next year, but there is stuff coming out, what I'm calling, oh, it'll be the winter. Stuff coming out the winter. The winter release uh, was actually made last winter. So those seeds are finally being released. It took about a year to get them uh, processed. I grew them. I made sure they're good. I sent them out to testers. The testers are growing them. Then I sent out a round of like secondary testers to people like, hey, I think these are really killer. You should try these. Like to my bros who are good photographers and shit like that. They got them next. Now pretty soon they're going to make it to market. It takes a year. So you've always got to be producing new crosses. Uh, you've got to be testing them and getting them out. And you've got to have a reliable product. It only takes one bad batch of seeds to ruin a breeder's reputation. I've seen it happen to you guys. If you pay attention to the seed game, you've seen people that were around for a long time, put out one or two bad batches of seeds, then they disappeared. Their reputation is shot. 
They're at the events. They used to have a line around the block for their booth. Now there's just a few people coming up because they ruined their reputation by putting out a few bad, one or two bad batches of seeds. So you've got to build a reputation. You've got to become relevant. Why do people want your seeds? Why? How do people know who you are? Then once they've got one pack, why are they going to come back for another pack of seeds? You've got to build longevity and sustainability as a seed company. There's a lot of work to, that, to doing that. Now let's talk about, um, <clears throat> oh, another factor. It's oversaturated. There are a million seed companies out there. If you go to the larger vendors on the internet and you click on like, let's just say seedsherenow.com, look at the, the vast amount of of vendors, of retailers, of seed breeders that are on that website. It is overwhelming. There are a lot of people on there. It's oversaturated. So how are you going to stand out from an oversaturated market? I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm asking you the real questions that come up in a business meeting. Why does anybody want to buy your seeds? Why do you stand out from the plethora of other breeders? Why, not to sound egotistical, why does somebody want to buy your seeds over my seeds? I've been around for, my brand has been around for a while. My podcast has existed for six years. The seeds were around for much longer than that. I've got a six-year, at least six-year podcast head start on you where people know about my brand, have been seeing my stuff. Why do they want to buy yours? I'm not belittling or criticizing. I'm asking a real business question. What are you going to do to convince them to buy your seeds when mine are right there on the shelf next to them? Um, that's just a real question in business. So uh, now let's work into part of the thing. Part of the things that are required from a seed breeder. If you want to own a seed company, it will be a full time commitment. This will be a a job, a business. If you've already got a backup plan. You're not in it to win it. There is no way out. There's no other idea. If you're going to start a seed company, that is what you're going to be doing. It is a full-time job. It is a full commitment. It is a nine days a week, fucking 32-hour-a-day job. Uh, sometimes when I'm recording podcasts, I'm just trying to get them done before the sun comes up in this window behind me. You have no idea how many hours a seed breeder, small business owner puts in every week. I'm not complaining by any means. I love it. I'm my own boss. Uh, I work when I want, how I want. Uh, if I want to take a dab break, we take a dab break. That's just how it goes, but we get a lot of shit done. It's how it is owning your own business. Um, let's talk about just kind of a basic day of a small business owner. You get up, you do your normal mor morning routine. I don't know what you do. Get some food in you, probably poop, get some coffee. I don't drink coffee, but whatever gets started, right? Then there is garden work to do. The first thing that I do is take care of the garden. The plants need attention. Uh, if it's the home grow, if it's a commercial grow, always knock out the plant work first thing. Uh, if I got to go to a commercial grow, sometimes I hit two commercial grows in a day, go make sure that all the plants are good, teach the staff what to do, then get back to my personal grow, take care of the personal grow, the plants are done. Sometimes there's not much to do to the plants. Sometimes there are hours and hours of work to do to the plants. Maybe you have to do transplanting. Maybe you have to cut clones. You have to keep the plants alive. You have to breed them. You have to do all of the plant work. You have to harvest them. You have to get the seeds out of them. That's a lot of work to be done with the plants. Then, then after that, try to take a little bit of a break. Take a shower, get cleaned up, get all the, the work off of me. Then we do emails. There are a lot of emails to be handled. There are business emails. There are customer service emails, businesses with vendors, uh, I have so many emails, I honestly cannot keep up, and it's giving me anxiety just freaking thinking about it right now. So that is a full-time job within its own, just 
just answering emails. Then on top of that, there is social media. If you try to stay relevant on social media, that could take up a good portion of your day. I try to stay away from that because I can really get sucked in. I'm sure you notice when I do get sucked in, there's four or five pictures for like 30 minutes, just scrolling and posting. And then I realize I've just spent 30 or 40 minutes here on social media. I got to get back to work. So social media is like a part-time job in its own. And we haven't even gotten halfway through the day yet. Then, um, You have to have, I mentioned these people earlier, the accountant, the lawyer, the tax guy, the paralegal, and whoever else you've got on your team that you've got to check in with probably once a week, once every two weeks, at least once a month. You got to check in with the lawyer, got to check in with the accountant at least once a month and see what's going on there. Uh, Check in with, touch all the bases, make sure everybody's still on your team, make sure the taxes have been paid, make sure that everything is current, make sure all the licenses are up to date, do all that good stuff. We're only up to lunchtime right now. We're still making phone calls. The plants have already been watered. We haven't even got to uh, checking in with the web guy. There are website updates to be made. Uh, Then there's the art guy. I'm having new merchandise made and new seed packages designed. So I've got to check in with the art guy. Big shout out to the art guy. Hope you're well, bro. Also fist bump to the web guy. Uh, Then there's the merch team. I've got to check in with customstickermakers.com and see if the stickers are being printed. Got to check on the t-shirts. Also got to check on the mood mats. Where are they? They said they were shipping those around the 15th. Here we are like the 27th and those definitely have not shipped. I haven't even gotten pictures of the proofs yet. Got to email them again and see where those things are. So there's just a bunch of things that you have to take care of. Then um, testers. Testers are a big part of being a successful seed company. You've got to develop a relationship with your testers. If I make a new cross, I know the parents of that cross. I know the grandparents of that cross and possibly the great grandparents on both sides. I should be able to grow that plant like a champion. Uh, I'm a, a professional grower with a lot of experience and I know all of the details of that plant. I've got the fucking cheat code for those seeds. I better be able to grow it like a pro. What I do is send those seeds out to my test crew. Big shout out to the test team. You guys know who you are. They're the people who run the seeds in their specific grow environments and show me what I really made. They're the people that are going to see what it grows like under this kind of light, with this humidity, with this type of nutrient, in a tent, in a basement, in a warehouse. They're going to see that sort of stuff for me. You've got to develop a relationship with your test crew, which again, puts you back sitting at the desk, answering emails, doing FaceTime calls, checking the social media, checking in with all of the testers. The testers are a big part of the team. Without the testers, I would not have success. Uh, I would be years behind without the testers. I couldn't do all the testing that they do for me. Um, Probably a thousand seeds went out to be tested in the past week. So the testers are a big part of the team. Um, If you're interested in testing, people are going to start emailing me now. There is a podcast all about testing. The Grow From Your Heart podcast uh, tester episode is available. Watch that before you send me a message asking about testing. Please check that one out. All the details are there. Then join the Discord. There's a tester tab. We'd love to see you there. Check us out. Come hang out. But watch the video first. So we're only like halfway through the day, um, and we've only gotten to the testers. Then I do have a life. I've got a, a daughter. I've got friends. Uh, I've got people I want to hang out with and talk to. And also, sometimes I want to eat dinner and take a break. So uh, being a seed breeder and owning a seed company, what I'm getting at is a full-time job. It's a full commitment. So unless you are in it to win it and fully dedicated, I really wouldn't suggest getting into that unless you can commit to it. Um, Another thing we should talk about is building a fan base. We've talked about this earlier a little bit, uh, becoming uh, relevant. Why do people want to buy your seeds? Then once you've got them, how do you retain them? 
if you can develop a solid fan base of just a solid number, I have approximately 200 Patreon supporters and there's about 500 to 1,000 people that really support me very strongly. There's like a, a close group of 250 people of anything I put out. Uh, if it's a grinder, a t-shirt, a pack of seeds, they'll grab it right away. Then there's like a group of about 500 people, the fringe, that buy a lot of stuff. Then there's like 1,000 people that buy uh, enough. And if you can just build a nice little following like that, that will help sustain you. Don't work. Don't worry about going major too fast. Slowly build and have a loyal following. Try to try to make some friends that that are in your fan base. In your, I hate even calling them fan base or following, but you guys know what I mean. It's the people that follow you on social media that interact with you the most online. Start learning some of those people. Start building relationships. That's why I go hang out in the Discord. I've got friends on the Discord. You guys are my friends. Uh, they know shit about my personal life that you guys that watch the podcast don't care about or have no idea about, but we know what's going on in, in each other's lives. I get pictures of my friends at other friends' houses trimming iRegenetic strains, and that is super cool. Big shout out to Lollipop Farms. But build a relationship with those people. The testers and the loyal fan base, they keep me afloat. They keep life going. They keep the wheels turning. So you've got to be grateful and loyal to them. You've got to show love back to them. It's like a band. Uh, that peep, those people down in the front, they're in the mosh pit for every fucking show. You got to throw them some t-shirts every once in a while and help them out because they're the people that make you successful. Without them, you would not exist. Without my fan base, without the people watching this, uh, without the people watching the podcast, I would just be some psychopath with two cameras, a microphone, and way too many fucking toys. This would be weird. Without the people buying the seeds, I would not be successful. I would not eat dinner. I'd be skinnier. I wouldn't have a nice shirt. I'd look like shit. Life wouldn't be what it is. So you've got to show love to the people that show you love when you become a successful business owner. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget the people uh, that make you who you are. So remember that the day you get started with this idea of making a seed company, you are already working on your reputation as that seed company. The people that already know you are putting your character and your reputation into your seed company. So start strong, start off correctly, don't cut corners, uh, make quality products, uh, be fair with your customers, have quality customer service. Did I mention that I spend about uh, at least an hour or two every day answering customer service emails. A lot of people are going to say, no, he doesn't because he doesn't reply to me. I've got about 30,000 emails that I try to answer and it's overwhelming because every time you answer them, they reply and you have more emails. I love you guys and I'm not mad about it, but I'm a, I'm a one person operation. I do the podcast, the seed company. I've got a daughter. I've got friends. I've got shit going on trying to keep up with it all. Thank you for keeping me overloaded. Anyway, the main part of this question was, um, how might one go about setting up a seed company legally and a medical state? Uh, that is a great question. The first advice, lawyer up, get that accountant, get that business advisor, make sure they are on your team guiding you so that you don't make any legal mistakes and get yourself in trouble. Then breed high quality, highly tested products. That's what your goal is. Breed the product that you are proud to put out to your consumer. If you're not proud to put it out, if you wouldn't be happy buying it, don't put it out to your consumer. Build a loyal fan base, connect with them, and then stay relevant. Then think about the future. I don't know the future of seed breeding and the future of seed purchasing and the future of cannabis. Try to project that and try to stay on top of it. Something that I've done, I try not to fuck with the hype. There are enough people out there doing the hype shit. 
I try to dodge that and do my own thing. Again, that is why I think it works because I'm not doing what everybody else is doing, what everybody else wants. I'm doing what is working for me, what I love, and then my art is showing that I'm putting passion into it and that makes it desirable and successful. So bottom line, bro, grow from your heart and breed with love. Do what you love. Stay out of trouble. I hope I gave you a lot of good advice because I got super rambly. I feel like this is a topic I could really ramble about. Uh, get that lawyer, get that accountant, get the business advisor, then breed, 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 test, 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 then package them up, put them on the shelf, and get them out there to the people, bro. Always be available for customer service questions. Always be available for events. Uh, if people want to put you on shows and interview you, be available for those types of things. That camera just cut out. My voice is burning out. It is obviously time to wrap up this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, and pollen chuckers, thank you once again for listening to me ramble on another episode of this podcast. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear from you. My email address is hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me that feedback. Send me those questions. Big shout out to my buddy Danny Potts for this great question. I hope I helped you out, bro. Um, for anything else, check out the website, iregenetics.com. Everything you need is right there, iregenetics.com. That's all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back in a few days with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to all of my friends at the Neighborhood Grows podcast. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.